Our next installment here, we'll see how far we get. Uh, on faith, of course, last time it was just a short section, but uh, we were able to comment a few, uh, quite a bit on it, and uh, pray, and I was helped by it. There, on faith in prayer in relation to prayer, and this is, of course, it's going back to the to this other one here. So um, let's see here, where is it at? Here, A, B, C, right, one, two, three. Okay. So faith in relation to God, this is faith in relation to prayer, and then number four. So the three was in relation to prayer. Number four is faith in relation to works, faith in relation to works. So you know where we're going there, James. <laughs> James chapter 2, faith in relation to works. I'll turn it on, okay. All right. So faith says, faith is the root and tree of which works are the fruit. We are not saved by faith in works, but by faith that works. <laughs> we are saved by faith alone, but by a faith that does not remain alone. I thought that's pretty good, pretty good thing. I'm gonna read all that again. Uh, little statements that will ring true, you kind of, you know, sometimes think about it and let, let things sink in. Faith is the root and tree of which works are the fruit. We are not saved by faith and works, but by faith that works. And then finally, we are saved by faith alone, but by a faith that does not remain alone. All right, once we're saved, then faith begins to work. And we've seen that in several different areas here in the Scripture then first and foremost here in James chapter 2. So uh, under A, there under 4, for 4A, faith, the cause, works the effect. Faith, the cause, works the effect. So James chapter 2, verse 20 through 22, and then 26. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the, the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? Verse number 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now hold your place there in James because they, they were right there in that same area. For the next point, I want to make sure there. Yeah, they are. But I'm going to say the see also. So Romans chapter 4. Hold your place there in James. Romans chapter 4 and verses 1 through 12. Talking about faith and works. We've already mentioned Abraham here in James. And in Romans, Paul writes about Abraham as well. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath, where, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Bless you. <laughs> uh, not, or now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. 
But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in, uh, not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. Well, that answered a lot of questions, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, a lot of those Jews and those Jewish folks that they was having some issues with concerning the law and the, the, um, uh, the physical circumcision that they thought was required still as a Jewish person. When Paul pointed out to Abraham, it was counted unto him for righteousness before that was a token given to Abraham and his seed. Interesting. And he put that out there. So they had to say, hmm, <laughs> what about that? And he received the sign of circumcision, the seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he, had yet being, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of them all that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also, and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps that faith uh, steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had yet, which he had being yet uncircumcised, and so so we're seeing again uh, under this is all falls under faith, the cause, works, the effect, and then Romans eleven, Romans eleven and verse number six, <clears throat> and if by grace then it is, and if by grace, then is it no more of works? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So faith is the cause. Work is the effect. Now turn back to James. And then in our outline, faith the claim works the evidence. Faith the claim works works the evidence. All right, James chapter 2, verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Verse number 18. Yea, a man may say thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. All right, again, faith is the claim. I have faith. Well, show me. <laughs> I can claim I have faith, but in, unless, you know, my, my works will prove what I'm saying. Oh, thank you. And that's what he's, that's what he's talking about there. Um, I was just trying to think of an example uh, along those lines, maybe the Lord will give me one in a minute. So see also Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And of course, we know this scripture. Verses 8 and 9. 
For by grace are ye saved. I mean, just turn here and make sure I quote it right. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay. And verse number 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So, uh, so we're created to, unto good works, and like I said, that will uh, testify of our faith as our works. And I like a statement that he makes here in a minute because man is looking on the outside, and so and he and here's where and here's here's what he says. And I read this earlier. So faith and works are both of divine appointment. Faith and works are both of divine appointment. That they are both needful to the true believer. Without faith, one is not a believer. For by grace are you saved through faith. He that believeth God, uh, you know, uh, for God's the will of the world that he, uh, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we see the everlasting life. We see that we become a son of God through faith. Okay? And so we are not a, a child of God. We are not a believer without faith, uh, a Christian without faith. So it says here, where am I at here? Uh... Absolutely. I'll get it right in a second. Okay, there we go. So, faith and works are both divine appointment. They are both needful to the true believer. Without faith, one is not a believer. And apart from works, one cannot evidence his faith to others. Apart from works. They are both found in the life of the true believer. Faith is the means and condition of his salvation, while works are the fruit of and the evidence of it. So faith is the means, works are, is the fruit and the evidence of our salvation. And we, you know, we, you know, the one song that I've mentioned before uh, about, um, let's see here, I'm trying to get it in my mind, huh? That's right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's right. So the uh, the one song uh, went back to the place where I used to be. So my little boy ran and hid behind the door, uh, and so on and so forth. So there there was you know have no fear. You've got a brand new daddy. Thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man that I used to be. Thanks to Calvary. I don't live here anymore. Thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man I used to be. So Calvary and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary and what was done at Calvary creates salvation. But then immediately some things are changed. Your walk is changed. You don't go to the places where you used to go. You don't... Say the things you used to say. You have a different mouth. You have a different walk. You have a different talk. You have a different, a different life. And people will see that. You go around them and you say, I got saved on Sunday. And then they begin to watch it. 
They're going to say, we'll see if this holds up. We'll say, oh, he just got some religion. He just got a, a, a turn, a, you know, the new leaf, you know, turning over a new leaf. And I'm glad for him. Maybe he needed to turn over a new leaf. But then they start really watching you and they see it's beyond just turning over a new leaf. They're, they're seeing you do some things and not do some things that takes a work of grace. <laughs> Amen. But then that is an outward expression of what you say that you, uh, that you have. All right, so... Uh, so again, I'm going to read those at the end because two statements right along the same line. Without faith, one is not a believer, and apart from works, one cannot evidence his faith to others. They are both found in the life of the true believer. Faith is the means and condition of his salvation, while works are the fruit and evidence of it. And then Mr. Hotel, H-O-T-T-E-L, Hotel, I guess maybe, each of them has its own place, purpose, and use. Faith is the means of salvation, it's tap root. So faith is the means of salvation, it's tap root. Works are the product and fruit of faith and salvation. Faith begins, promotes, controls, and culminates spiritual life while works evidence, beautify, and crown it. All right, so works uh, shows evidence of your faith, beautifies your faith, and crowns your faith. All right, so, uh, and again, I know that Brother Glenn and his teaching and, and just conversation often, Brother Tim uh, has mentioned it as well in his teachings and things and conversations that we've had when we talk about spiritual things. One of the, one of the um, things that they bring out is our motive. You know, Oftentimes, we say, so we say we have faith and we can, the faith, this is just off, this is not in, faith will naturally work out an evidence in our works, or we can say one, or we can actually work a certain work with the wrong motive, and we say that it's faith, but it has, it has nothing to do with faith, it's just something that we want to do, and it's the wrong motive, I've seen that. And, I, and I've, I'm thinking of, an, of, of a statement that uh, somebody has said, and I'm questioning their motive because it just doesn't sound right. It, it, they could have just not said anything and just done it, and that would have pointed more to their faith than if they just, you know, say that they're going to do it and don't do it. Uh, you know, one of the things that... Um, Brother Blue pointed out, Brother Stinnett Blue pointed out with um, Isaac, I guess he said that he was going to tithe, but there was no evidence of it. You know, Abraham, Abram, Abraham tithe. Isaac said he was, or, or maybe it was Jacob, one of the two there. One of them said he was, but then you don't see where he actually did. So, so there's a lot, lot to whether you say you're going to and never prove it, never prove it by the work, or that you just just do it. You just prove it by the work, like Abram and his tithe to Melchizedek, uh, uh, Abraham. So, so there's that. Anyway, I was just kind of thinking along those lines with a situation that I know of. So that was our faith in relation to... We've done prayer last week, and this was faith in relation to our works, to works, and then 
Next is faith in relation to its possessor. Faith in relation to its possessor. Faith in relation to the one who possesses it must be consistent. That is, it must be the expression of his inner life. When properly analyzed, this goes right along with what I was just saying. When properly analyzed, it is comprised of three elements. Intellectual, emotional, and volitional. But that's where I was kind of getting at, even though I hadn't got there yet. So natural, a possessor of faith will be expressing it without saying anything about it. There'll just be something there. It will just, it will just come out on you. Let's put it that way. It's an expression of your inner life. And I know that there's a certain growth that's got to come along with faith. You know, when I told you about the conversation that the crows and I had at my dinner table and we were just kind of going, we were just sharing those times of, of, of events in our lives that unless you, in fact, I was just, who was I talking to? I think I was talking with him again on Sunday and something come up along those same lines, not as much as at our, dinner, at our table, but at the table back here, uh, just uh, things that happen in life and the growth that has to take place. But nobody, until you step out on faith and allow faith to work, uh, work then, then, you know, the first time, you know, I can stand and testify of God taking care of groceries by somebody that God just totally laid on their heart to get some groceries for whatever reason, and bring to my house, not knowing what my refrigerator looked like and not knowing what my, um, yeah, what my cupboard looked like. And I really, really, really needing those groceries, but just telling God about it and then God working it out and then people standing up and testifying to that, uh, just like the, the four-way tire tool, and I tell that story, because, you know, and each, each of these, so faith worketh, tribulation worketh, patience, patience experience. And we dealt with that a few weeks ago. And that experience of our faith. Each time that we have an experience like that, how God just, you know, we pray to God, we trust him for it, and we just sit back and let God handle it. The way he wants to handle it in his time and, and how he wants to handle it. And then, then God, you know, God just works on it. In fact, I was testifying or I was preaching up there can't remember if it's Friday night or, or Sunday, but the young couple there at Island Ford, they were there, and I said, I'm just going to say it. I'm Because she stepped out on faith and quit her, her job and then would stand and testify how God just kept providing. And so they have grown each time, each experience in, that, in their faith. And so by God working in their lives, uh, again, each time that they step out or or, you know, they just uh, exercise some faith in God and God provides the need. They stand and testify. Then others that never have had that experience in their life are listening. And they're watching. And then hopefully they get to the place where they say, I'm going to try it. <laughs> I'm just going to trust God for it, okay? You trusted God for your salvation, but then to step out and say, trust God for a little bit bigger a little bit more. And that goes back to our, the faith in prayer that we dealt with last week. 
You know, and again, what we dealt with last week is praying the promises of God. Again, for the example that I gave last week was the fact of God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He says that in his word. Lord, you're not willing. You said you are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I'm praying for this person. That's exactly. We just go around the room. You're not willing and go around the room for Sunday morning. You're not willing that any of them should perish, but that all of them should come to repentance. And I'm pleading with you, Lord, that you work in their lives. And you're, play, you're praying the promises of God. Or you're praying the word of God, his word. I'm not willing that any should perish. And so you can fill in their, their names in those blanks and pray that way and have faith in his word. And just beg him to do that. You're not willing, I'll do my part as far as being a witness to him and so on and so forth, but, you know, and, and understanding that he's got to give the increase, understanding that he's got to uh, give them the understanding, and so on and so forth, how he works in salvation, but at the same time, you know, doing our part to be the example before them, doing our part to pray for them, doing our part to, to be a witness to them, and praying for them, and praying for them in faith, which comes back out in the works, which done, and it's in relation to the possessor, and so, again, going back to this, faith is in the relation, in relation to one who possesses it must be consistent. That is, it must be the expression of his inner life. When properly analyzed, it, must, it is comprised of these three elements. So it's got to be in our inner life. And, it, and it will, it's an expression of our inner life. You won't have to say much about, you don't have to say it. It's an expression of just what comes out on you. I mean, there's times that you can stand and testify, but sometimes, you know, I'm just going to trust God for it. And you, and to hear them talk, I mean, they trust God for a whole lot of things where, again, that was an encouragement to get me because I have been there. I've been in a place where, and at times still am, <laughs> but, and maybe that's, uh, you know, but so many times we say, okay, you know, I've, I, I've got this coming in, and we start counting everything that we got. We start counting you know, all the, uh, the abilities and we start counting the things and we, f we just lose faith in God doing it for us. We don't live by faith anymore. We live by sight. We get our, we get our pay statement and we know what's going to be deposited on Friday. And so then we can just go down the... When you get, you know, too much month at the end of the money, you get one of them hiccups that comes your way and you have to say, Lord... What am I going to do now? There's not enough in savings to get it done. There's not enough in the checkbook to get it done. And you have to pray. And then some, and so sometimes we get our eyes off of our faith and we start living the other way. And then other times people, and like I said, just others just live that way. I don't know. I mean, they're just, I'm going to trust God if, God opens this door, I'm going to walk through it. If God closes that, you know, don't open the door, I, he's got another door for me to go in. And there's, a, there's people that I know that, that think that way and live that way. And it's just an inner, inner expression. They don't have to, they just live that way. And, 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 and they seem so much, peace, so much more peaceful 
They're not fretting all the time. They just got a, a faith in God that's strong. Help me to be that way more. And just trusting God in every aspect of our lives. And that goes back to prayer, praying for God in every aspect of our lives. So these three elements in relation to the possessor, possessor comprised of their intellectual element, the intellectual element, and intellectual. So faith in relation to its possessor, our intellectual faith involving the ascent of the mind, involving the ascent going up of the mind, Romans chapter 10. So our... Romans 10, 14 through 17. All right. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him uh, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preached, preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Am I in the right place? Romans 10, okay. Of good things. Okay, let me see here. There we go. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So again, the in relation to its possessor, our, so uh, faith in relation to one who possesses, it must be consistent. That is, it must be the expression of his inner life. When properly analyzed, it is comprised of three elements, intellectual, involving the ascent of the mind. So there is uh, an ascent here from 14 all the way to 17. Faith. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But it starts out with how then... Shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? Got to hear and then believe. So, and then how, and so on and so forth. So, the scent. So, it says, see further Acts chapter 11. We won't go through all these. There's a whole list. We'll go through a couple of these here. Acts chapter 11. And verse number 13. Let's back up to 12. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said to him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. Again, going back to the preacher coming and hearing. So going to the mind again. Again, 13 and 14, we've done read those. Yeah, yeah. who shall? Okay, we done said that. So the preacher came, told them, and then they believed. John chapter 20 and verse 31. John 20, 31, back up to 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So these are written 
that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So well, that's the intellectual. So here's some reading under the intellectual. The gospel is not so much a promise or a covenant as it is a message, a proclamation. It is the good news of God concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and true faith is the belief that good uh, is true. And true faith is the belief of that good news. All right, John 2, 23 and 24. So belief of that good news is true faith. And so John chapter 2, 23 and 24. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed his, in his name when they, saw, when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man for he knew what was in man. All right, so it needs to be emphasized that there is neither merit nor faith nor virtue in faith nor even in the letter of the truth believed, but that to believe God is, uh, is eternal. Let me read this again. Um, okay, try this again. It is to be emphasized that there is neither merit nor value nor virtue in faith, nor even in the letter of the truth believed but that to believe God is eternal life. To believe God, whether it be as with Abraham, the promise of a family, Genesis 15, 5, and 6, or as it was with us, or as it, yeah, or as with us, the testimony to, the pers- to a person and a fact. Faith is the opened, la- opened lattice that lets, us, that lets in the light of heaven to the soul, bringing gladness and blessing with it. Mr. Evans said all that. So faith is the open lattice that lets the light of heaven to the soul, lets in the light of heaven to the soul, bringing gladness and blessing with it. So there's the intellectual part of expression of our faith. There's the emotional expression of our faith involving the response of the heart. So we have the involving the ascent of the mind. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have to hear the message first. We have to consider the message. That's our intellectual part. Again, that's where most people just get stuck. They never let it get down here, the emotional part of faith. Okay, emotional involving the response of the heart. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Imagine that. (laughs) If thou shalt confess with thy mouth... The Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe with thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. An intellectual ascent to Christ as Savior, or even as the Savior, uh, as Savior, or even as the Savior, is insufficient. Just believing it with your head is insufficient. There must be a heart response. We preach this all the time, but it's just backed up here. There must be a heart response to him as my Savior. So we can believe him as Christ as Savior or Christ as the Savior, but that's insufficient. We must be have a heart response to him as my Savior, which springs from the sense of realized need and deep-seated desire. The emotional element is a, is, is a real essential. So you have to see the need for salvation and you have to desire the salvation. 
A lot of people will get to that place where they need it or they understand that they need it. They hear it. They understand it uh, intellectually. They know that they're a sinner. <laughs> they know that they need a Savior. They've got it here. But with a heart, uh, uh, yeah, with a heart, what is it? <sighs> I can't. With the heart, man believeth. There we go. I can't get the word man out there. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. So you get to the place where you need. And when you get to the place where you, you know, you need it, you know that you, uh, uh, that, uh, that emotional, then, then things will take place. So again, the need and the, I'm sorry, the desire. So you know that you need it, but then you desire to have it. There's where you take that step out. You meet Jesus in the aisle. <laughs> so, and then finally, so we have the three things here. Again, these um, elements, intellectual element of our faith to the possessor, the intellectual, the emotional, and finally the volitional involving the consent of the will, the volitional element of our faith. Um, John 1, 2, But as many as received him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Faith not only receives the word of Christ, it reaches out and lays hold upon the person of Christ. All right, so it doesn't just receive him, but it reaches out and lays hold of him, or on, the, on the person. There is a volitional element in faith. There, this is Mr. Davis. Uh, there, there, is, there must be a will to believe You've got to exercise it. Again, that's that reaching out, or that exercising that will to believe. Again, with your heart. You, a lot of people got it here, but the exercising the will to believe with your heart. So, let's see here. There must be a will to believe. Hence, faith involves not mere passive acquit... E-S-E-N-C-E. -E. That's it. Passive acquiescence. There we go. Ooh, these big words in a long day. There must be a will to believe. Hence, faith involves not mere passive acquiescence in the truth, but an active response to the demands of the truth. Faith is stepping out on the promises of God. It is putting the intellectual belief and the emotional desire into action along the line indicated by both. No one or two of these elements are sufficient. All are necessary to the possession and the expression of a genuine faith. Again, the intellectual, the emotional, and the volitional. The actual reaching out and grabbing hold of. I can believe it here. I can even believe it here. <laughs> but until I reach out and grab it, that's the volitional part. Okay, so, uh, and then here's the doctrinal statement, and we're done. Faith in its various relationships has numerous degrees extending from an initial belief to a reliant trust. It involves the intellect, sensibilities, and will, and finds expression in works which harmonize with the truth believed. I like that first part. So um, faith in, uh, in its various relationships has numerous degrees extending from an initial belief to a reliant trust. I can believe here, 
But when I believe here and reach out volitionally, there's that reliant trust. I am trusting you with my soul's salvation. And just pray that uh, so originally the, the, the children there were not going to be able to go, uh, the Huffman children, but as of, and they're going to try to, you know, Grayson was going to try to get off. Uh, Mary Jane was going to try to get off of work, I think, and uh, possibly even Jack going down there this week. Uh, so it would be a blessing if they were able to get that done and get down there and Lord continue to work in their lives. Of course, we know of others and of these other churches, our, our sister churches that need to be saved as well. Uh, and so pray that the Lord will just really do a mighty work in hearts and lives there, not only among the, uh, the sinners, but believers as well. And that's my, my heart's desire as well. So pray for each other as we travel. Pray for Miss Linda. Miss Debbie, as they stay behind, others as they stay behind because of all that's going on, and uh, I know some folks not being able to go. Uh, we will be here Sunday in our services. Uh, Miss Debbie's planning on being here with Kara that Sunday morning, so pray for our services Sunday, pray for the services down there, and then of course uh, those, uh, my, my dad and Pauls and others, uh, Miss Debbie and Miss Linda, others have these needs that we've been praying for. Uh, you know, each and every day along the way. All right? So we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Thank you for